Welcome to Torah Mechanach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Adina Shmimin, and today we will be learning Sefer Yehoshua, Perek Yudches, 18. Yesterday, we learned about the division of the land of the Bnei Yosef. Yehoshua proves himself to be a responsive and accessible leader. He is approachable when there are issues, as evidenced when the Beno Slavcha desired to claim their father's portion promised to them. He is accessible when the Bnei Yosef expressed concern about their territorial challenges. Boundaries are both a national concern with personal implications. To date, five and a half Shvatim have received their designated portions, Reuven, Gud, and half of Menashe on the east side of the Yardin, and Yehuda, the Bnei Yosef, Ephraim, and half of Menashe on the west side of the Yardin. The next two prakim describe the division of the land for the remaining seven Shvatim. Note that Levi does not receive a portion as his portion is Hashem's domain. Our parak opens with a gathering of all the people of Israel in Shiloh. The Mishkan, which had been located in Gilgal, had now been relocated to Shiloh, where it remained for 369 years until the time of Eli, which we will learn about at the start of Sefer Shmuel. To orient ourselves time-wise, let's review dates. I'll try to make it simple so you can remember these years for many years to come. Avraham Avinu was born in 1948. Yes, 1948 from creation. A really easy number for us to remember. Now, he was 100 when Yitzhak was born. That puts us at 2048. Hashem promised that the Bnei Israel would be slaves for 400 years. And while that was supposed to start from the beginning of the servitude in Egypt, Hashem in his mercy, Chishav Esakates, he made the end come sooner and started the count at the birth of Yitzchak. And so we left Egypt in 2448. We spent 40 years in the desert. And so now we're at 2488 when we entered the land of Israel. The conquering and division of the land took 14 years, thus concluding in 2502. And so here we are at the erection of the Mishkan in Shiloh in the year 2503. The command to erect the Mishkan is found in Shemos 25.8. Vasuli mikdash v'shachanti v'socham. Make for me a sanctuary and I will dwell in it. There are several steps or phases to this mitzvah. First, the Mishkan in the Midbar that would travel with the people. Then, when they would cross the Yardin and enter the land, they should create a sanctuary. That is what we are learning about here today in Shiloh. Finally, when they would have rest from their enemies and dwell in safety, they were commanded to build a house. In Devarim 12.10, there will be a place that Hashem chooses to cause His name to dwell there. The building of the base Hamedash. We each need a spiritual center to anchor us and provide direction. In contrast to Gullah's times, the Mishkan and Mikdash were the centralized space for the people to connect to Hashem. Built into the calendar were three touch points to highlight the focal point that the Mishkan and Mikdash played. Today, our shuls and our homes are our spiritual center. When we make these our Mikdash and treat these spaces with holiness, Hashem says He will dwell there.
Pasuk Aleph. Vayikalu kol adas b'nei Yisrael shilo. Vayashkinu sham es oel moed va'aretz nechbesha lifnehem. And the entire community of the children of Israel assembled at Shiloh and erected the sanctuary there. The land had been conquered before them. All of B'nai Israel gathered, the five and a half Shvatim who had already settled in the land, as well as those who were living in tent cities. They were used to it from their desert days. But now is the time as Yahushua directed them to move forward and settle the land. Rashi comments that from the time the Mishkan was established, the land became easier to conquer. Ba'aretz nechbesha lifnehem. Pasuk Gimel 3. Ba'yomer Yoshua el b'nei Yisrael. Ad anat hemisrapim lavo lareshes es ha'aretz. How long will you be lax in coming to possess the land? Yoshua asks them point blank. Why are you stalling? There are no excuses now that there is a mishkan and it can protect you. Yoshua asked the Shvatim to each choose three men for each Shevet. They were to evaluate different plots of land and divide them equally according to quality. Why three men? Because these divisions would have halachic consequences and the three were to serve as a basin to make decisions. Let's look at the end of Pasuk Dalid 4. Vayichtivu osa lefi nachalasam vayavou elai. And they shall describe it in writing according to their inheritance, and then they shall return to me. These words are very important to note in the divisions of the land. Each Shevet had a detailed and delineated will, messages from Yaakov Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu, describing their strengths, which matched their designated portions. They were, if you will, carrying a folded up piece of paper, ragged around the edges, a treasured note, of what they were uniquely bestowed, land that would allow their families to thrive and shine with their unique qualities. Merchants close to the sea, farmers on fertile land, scholars spread across the country to teach an impact. Now is the time to open up these notes and actually find their homeland to settle and thrive. Knowing this, Yoshua was confident that these messengers would have divine inspiration to describe the borders of each tribe's land according to Hashem's plan. End of Pasuk Vav 6. V'yarisi lachem goral po lifnei Hashem elokeinu. Once they return with their write-ups, the goral would affirm their territorial boundaries. Psukim 8 through 10 describe the idea to implementation done with alacrity. Multiple verbs in quick succession. What was at first delayed was moved forward with speed. Pasuk test 9, Ve'yochu ha'anashim, Ve'yavru ba'aretz, Ve'yichtavu ha'le'arim, L'shiv'ach halakim al-sefer, Ve'yavou el-Yoshua el-machana Shiloh. And the men went and passed through the land. They described it in writing, according to the cities of the seven parts, in a book. And they returned to Yehoshua in the encampment of Shiloh. Pasuk Yud, 10, Ve'yashlech lahem Yehoshua goro b'Shiloh l'fnei Hashem. And Yoshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before Hashem. There, Yoshua portioned the lamb for the children of Israel according to their divisions. The first shevet of the remaining seven presented in the Navi is Binyamin. It was ultimately his territory that would house the Shekhinah. Pasuk Yud Aleph 11. Vayal goro mata b'nei Binyamin 
And the draw of the lottery for the tribe of the children of Binyamin came up according to their families. The boundary of their lot lay between the children of Yehuda and the children of Yosef. Binyamin's land sat between his older brother Yosef, the only whole brother he had, and Yehuda, the older brother who took responsibility for the youngest. It underscores how the division of the land encompassed so much more than just placing people in designated lands. Relationships were part of the calculus in this divine puzzle. Relationships built on family connections and relationships built on emotional connections. Binyamin in between Yosef and Yehuda could also serve as a buffer between two Shvatim who vied for the leadership role. It was in Binyamin's territory that the Beis Hamikdash would be found, the ultimate unifier of our people. Reading through the Psukim, we notice the word Kesef. For example, in Pasuk Yudches 18, the Avar El Kesef Mul Ha'arava. And it passed through the northern part, which lay across from the Arava. The word Kesef, Kaf Taf Feisofis, literally translates as shoulder. But in this context, these were geographical shoulders, hills and mountains. This alludes to the bracha, which Moshe gave Binyamin in Devarim 33.12. L'Binyamin amar yedid Hashem yishkon lavetach alav, chofef alav kol hayom, uvenk seifav shachain. Describing Binyamin as the beloved of Hashem, the Pasuk describes that Hashem will dwell among him and protect him from harm. Lishkon has the same root as Mishkan and Shechina, suggesting that it will be Hashem's holy house that will be found in the slopes of Binyamin. Between the slopes is a protected space to emphasize Hashem's safeguarded presence. Once the boundaries are delineated, the parak continues with the 26 cities of Binyamin, perhaps 26 to allude to the gematria, the numerical equivalent of the tetragrammaton, Hashem's ineffable name, Yukevapke, equaling 26, as Binyamin's territory encompassed the holy city of Yerushalayim. But didn't we already hear about Yerushalayim in the boundaries of Yehuda? In Pasuk 28 in our parak, we read Vahayavusi hi Yerushalayim. You see, Yerushalayim was made up of two cities, the lower city and the upper city. The lower city was in Binyamin's territory, also known as Yavus or Tzion or Ir David. The upper city was known as Yerushalayim and that fell out in Yehuda's territory. It was David who ultimately unified the city as he conquered and established it as described in Tehillim Kuf Chafbeis 122, The built-up Yerushalayim is like a city that is united together. In summary, geographical descriptions and territorial divisions are also harbingers of historical events to come. Binyamin's Nachala placed between Yosef in the north and Yehuda in the south, messages family, fraternity, and faith. Thank you for studying together. Li'ilui nishmot, imotenu hayikarot, Esther Oppenheimer, Allah shalom, and Sarah Shanker, Allah shalom, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations.